Welcome to the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Landon. Good day. Welcome back. All right. First of all, we want to apologize to anyone who was expecting an episode about Creed last week. Uh, in fact, the entire Creed trilogy. We fully intended to do uh, that episode and provide it in a timely manner. However, due to circumstances beyond our control, it just wasn't meant to be. But we do hope to circle back around to Creed eventually and deliver on that discussion at some point. But for now, we've decided to move on and stick to our planned schedule, which means we've got something else in mind for this week's episode. And Landon, I have a question for you. Yes. What's your favorite scary movie? Hello, Sydney. <laughs> uh, yeah. You ever say that to your kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Sydney. <laughs> Does she get it yet? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, right? No, no, not at all. But I do this so many times with many references with my kids, you know, that I'll that I'll say some movie line. And they're just like, huh? I'm like, like, oh, the only one that they probably know well would be I have a bad feeling about this. You oh, know? Excellent. That's a but, good one to know. And then also we will say to each other, this is the way. And then the other one very well should say back, this, this is, the, is way. the way. And if they don't say it back, well, it's a punishable offense. It is. That so, sounds fair in every household. You have in to America. go bathe in the mines of Mandalore. Oh yeah, so. you are apostate. <laughs> uh, so this week we are getting into the Scream trilogy. If you didn't pick up from that, from the uh, the question, "What's your favorite scary movie?" Uh, in my best ghost ghost face voice, um, we will be in and out of the fictional California town of Woodsboro. Uh, as we work our way through the entire Scream franchise, including Scream 6, which opened in theaters this past weekend. Now, as we'll be talking about each of these movies, and they are all well-known for their twists or surprise endings, a spoiler alert must be given. But for the first five movies, that's on you, all right? These, yeah. these especially especially the first three that have been out for more than 20 years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Scream, Scream 5 has been out for more than a year. Scream 6, we will give you a, a, a decent spoiler warning when we get to that point uh, because that, you know, it's a brand new movie. We're not going to spoil that for people who don't want to don't want to be spoiled. Uh, but first, uh, for the overall franchise, Landon, what are your what are your thoughts on uh, the mark that this franchise has made on the horror genre? Um, I've always been a big fan. So the first one came out in what, like 95 or something 96, like that? 96. 96. So I was 15 years old. So this is like the perfect time for me to watch this movie. Um, and, you know, not everybody that was uh, at my age range maybe had seen it or, or would have seen it at that time uh, in my grade. Um, some people would have, but, but I was like one of those that saw all the movies. And so I, I loved it, you know, and um, as I came to meet my wife later in college, um, we referenced it and she hates scary movies, hates <laughs> them. But this is the one movie that she actually loves. Um, I think part of it's a star studied cast, you know, that you get, but it's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun movie. So the series, you know, I remember thinking to myself, you could always depend on a scream movie, right? You, you had the first one, then you had the second one, and then you had the third one in the proper trilogy fashion. And, uh, and, you know, the first one was amazing, um, groundbreaking. Second one was, I thought, still good because one of the things I love about the movie is how they they really comment on what they're doing. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, it's a sequel. 
we're in a sequel you know what i mean yeah. it's like here it's, it's almost, always meta they don't break the fourth wall but they sure do crack it you know oh yeah oh yeah and uh that's always been fun and they they even for this latest installment um they did the same thing they had the same reference they're like you know the second one's second one's in the college you know and, and you're like yeah. yep that's right you know so I, I i like them all and um i don't think there's any one although there's ones i like more than the others i wouldn't say that i loathe any one of them like we've sure. said with other series what about you uh same way uh i i really as far as as far as horror movies go i would say if i'm going to pick a franchise that i would say is a favorite this is it um yeah. because it takes so many elements from uh other horror genre um you know other franchises and and really just other standalone horror movies as well uh paying homage to uh everything from halloween to nightmare on elm street to, i mean it it covers the whole gamut so um it's it's just like a a hodgepodge of of everything if you love horror movies there's no way you're not going to love scream right. um so so we have got six movies to get through uh and that's a lot so let's um let's get started Let's get started. Uh, Scream, the original, 1996, uh, was a Christmas release, if you believe that. Uh, was it Christmas, really? <laughs> yeah, December 20th. Uh, was directed by horror legend Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson, starring a who's who of 90s teen actors, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy, along with Courtney Cox, who had already you know gained some fame already with Friends and, of course, Masters of the Universe. Of course. Uh, David Arquette and Drew Barrymore, who was probably the biggest name uh, in the movie. It pulled down $173 million at the box office, currently holding 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, man, it was a big deal uh, that Drew Barrymore got deal. killed off in the first 10 minutes. Oh, wait, spoilers. Spoilers, <laughs> everybody. I know minutes of the movie and you've got your biggest actress uh, killed off right away. Um, and yeah, wow. but you know, like starting off too, just like you, you, you open up with the phone call. There's not like any, like, you know, it, you don't, you don't, you just fall right into it. Right. Yeah. You just start right there. There's no buildup. There's no like ramping up to the action. It's just like, no. we're we're going to put you right into the middle of this thing. Right. And oh, by the way, the the person you thought was the star of the movie, she's dead. So yeah, that means dead. no one is safe. Like no one's safe. Yeah. <laughs> everybody is expendable. Right, right. Um, one of the things that I I really love about it is um the score, the music score. Oh my gosh! In the first one, the red right hand, and then the, of course Dewey's um little, yeah, you know that that whole thing, I. I, I love all that stuff. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch. Um, I I love the fact that it's meant to be a little campy at places. Like Dewey's character is absolutely campy, and it's it's supposed to be that way. That's who he is, sure. you know. Um, I don't know the the actor that plays. Um, oh, what's the what's the movie the movie friend the one who does the rules? Um, oh, uh, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. So Jamie Kennedy's um there's some people like how do you not know Jamie Kennedy? I just forgot the name for a second. He hasn't really been um, anything since the, you know, early Jamie 2000s. Brent. So No, I know, but everybody remembers the Jamie Kennedy project, you know. So but um you know, 
even his character, you know, he's outrageous. He's it's a little campy. But then there's other elements that are not campy, you know, as you have Nev Campbell's character and you have Skeet Ulrich and then you have, you know, um, Stu, you know, as Matthew Lillard. I mean, that whole thing and their whole group of friends and that whole dynamic, that's like, I, I mean, that's that's high school. That was that was like a your your teen movie. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned the campiness of it. I think that's very intentional as far as uh, as far as how they went into this movie. You know, it's yeah, it's there's it's a horror movie. Yeah. But there's a lot of comedy to it as yeah. well. And they yeah. are they're clearly um, in some way satirizing the slasher uh, subgenre. Yeah. And they are at the same time, um, you know, pointing out the tropes that uh that you see in every single one of these movies that we've you know gotten since the mid 70s uh where you know you've got you've got the same sort of characters again and again you've got the same uh kind of plot again and again uh they make the same mistakes over and over again right Somebody and when does. he pulls out when randy pulls out the three rules yeah of uh surviving a horror movie uh it's it's perfect and, and had like really when you think about it had anybody really done that before i mean not certainly not on film i'm sure discussions had been going around you know throughout the 80s and 90s about all right so these are the things you have to do to survive a horror movie right and right. it's just like it, it's a joke at parties or whatever but then right. you've got randy here he is the definitive like expert on horror movies and he's right. he's at this party at the end of the movie he's like these are the rules. There are three of them. Spells it out. You you can't have sex. You can't drink or do drugs. And you uh, never say I'll be right back because you won't. <laughs> you won't. Uh, it, and th- it's just it's perfect the way he, he unless pulls you're that out. a killer unless you're one of the killers. <laughs> yeah, you can get away with it then. I think that's the exception to the rule. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I like how it it may it it definitely has a bit of a satire to it. It. it talks about those elements, even makes fun of those elements without necessarily disrespecting the genre, you know? So you can see other movies that are meant to be like scary movie, you know, it's, it's totally meant to make fun of it. It's totally meant to be silly. Uh, this is, you know, not at all that this is almost paying homage to, to the genre um, that can still make fun of itself without disrespecting the fullness of it. Absolutely. Did um, you know that? You, uh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. I was just going to ask: Did you did you know when you first saw it that they were going to be the bad guys at the end, or was that surprising to you? Oh gosh, no. Um, I didn't know. I remember. So i i ha- I didn't see it early on. I think I didn't see it until like February when it was released at uh, like the Grandin Theater um, here in Roanoke. At that point in time, in the mid nineties, the Grandin was like a second run theater. Um, and uh, so, so it was one of those things. I, I got to see it around February for a buck, <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, and so, like, I had friends who had seen it prior to that, and and they were like, "Dude, you keep they keep you guessing the whole movie. Like, who's the killer? Who's the killer?" And uh, and so it was great. I'm so glad no one spoiled it for me. Yeah, uh, going into it, and and yeah, you, like when you watch the movie, uh the first time through it's like there's 
you, you just it's it's impossible to figure out who the killer is but then you watch it a second time and it's like there's no way it could be anybody else you're right. watching and it's i mean it's always it's always got to be billy and stew it and, really does you see you their can, reactions to each there. other oh yeah and you can, oh you can sit there and you can watch their you you know which one of them is behind the mask each yeah. time they're on screen because of their different mannerisms, the way they you carry do, themselves. You do. And, it's uh, crazy. Just, you can't unsee it. No, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I, I don't know if it was a YouTube video I saw or an article I read where somebody had actually broken down um, in uh, the, fir- the first two screen movies to uh, determine who the actual killer was in each instance, like who killed who. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, uh, really, really well done, really well thought out. And, um, and then after I, after I saw that video or read that article, I, like I said, I can't remember what it was and then saw the movie again, I was like, wow, that is spot on. Like they yeah. they have, they have different styles, like both of them. Uh, and so you can tell who's who when yeah. they are, uh, moving around in, in the costume. So, uh, really well executed by both actors, um, and and the writing the direction the, i mean this is just this is a true horror classic <coughs> excuse me i'm getting so excited i'm inhaling my spit um <laughs> did you know that wes craven makes a cameo as fred the janitor yeah yeah i didn't know it at the time because i didn't know who he was really you know um back then but yeah i did learn that later yeah. so he's like and you he's notice like, who he's dressed oh, like? He's dressed like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He's got the uh, outfit. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was uh it was a lot of fun watching it. I remember thinking that it was first of all, the idea of there being two killers never crossed my mind. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and then <laughs> I was certain that it was um that it was Dewey. I, really? I I was I came toward and I was like, this he is too campy for this not he's something's up with him, you know. And he, uh, he's faking the, the Keystone cop thing way too much. That's right. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And uh, and then to be wrong, so wrong, <laughs> you know, Man, um, I was way off, way off. <laughs> but, um, you know, in the, the way that the movie ends, as as you get to that moment that it that they reveal themselves, um, especially after Billy, you know, faking his, you know, being being stabbed or being killed, um, that whole scene from then on. You're blown away because you're 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 in this reeling. What uh what wait wait what two and then they're playing off of each other and then all of that happens so fast at the end. I, I this when I watched it uh, day before yesterday, um again the first one, I was like, gosh that this movie went fast, you know. Yeah. It, even now, you know. Yeah, it crazy. the the pace of the movie is really quick, um, and then yeah, like he said, when you get to that third act, it's just like, bra. Yeah, uh, like just pick up speed, hit hit warp speed, and then you're you're done. It's like, uh, I, but I love I love that last that last bit where um, Billy and Stu are explaining their whole plan, and yeah. uh, you know, first confessing to killing sydney's mother a year ago right and then you know talking about how they're framing her dad uh and how they plan to be the survivors so that they can plan the sequel and oh my gosh it's so it's so great and the way that they interact with each other i mean clearly billy is the mastermind the psychopath behind everything 
And right. Stu is just along for the ride because Stu clearly has a crush on Billy. I mean, are we are we agreed on that? I mean, there's <laughs> there's got to be something else there. Um, yeah. But you know, Billy, being a sociopath, has no feelings and is ready to kill Stu because uh, what he he stabbed him too hard. And right. So he's just like gut- gutting him. Oh my gosh! Uh, it's yeah. I'm bleeding real bad here, man. Yeah. <laughs> um gosh such a, go. such a great movie um just overall fantastic uh we ready to move on to screen two yeah and as we do um my expectations for sequels are probably about as as low as anyone else's <laughs> especially and for horror your, sequels for sequels. Horror sequels yeah uh with the exception of course um you know jason the jason movies the second oh, yeah. one's really good they they get um, better every time right they well (laughs) well um but you know that that sequel um we came into it and it's and it was highly anticipated but i think i was probably cynical going into it going all right here we go you know what what more can you do here and so i I loved it i but go ahead no it's it yeah i this one's a it worthy follow-up uh it was released one year later december of 97 uh, again, Craven comes in to direct. Williamson comes in to write. Uh, and originally, when Kevin Williamson submitted his script for Scream, uh, he had submitted the like a, a treatment for uh, two and three, as uh, you know, he sold it as a trilogy. And so, uh, so he was hoping for a franchise uh, from the start. And yeah. uh, of course, you know, Scream was a huge hit, and and so. You know, it didn't take them any time to greenlight a sequel. Um, the last movie survivors, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Jamie Kennedy all return. Um, this time they're joined by Jerry O'Connell, Timothy Oliphant, uh, Jada Pinkett, Omar Epps, Liev Schreiber, Schreiber or Schreiber? Schreiber. Schreiber. Uh, Sarah Michelle that's Geller. That's, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, Lori Metcalf, and we also get glimpses of Rebecca Gayhart. Portia de Rossi and Joshua Jackson as students uh, at Windsor College. Uh, it earned $172.4 million at the box office and currently sits at 82% of Rotten Tomatoes, which means it has fared better than the original. Uh, thoughts on Scream 2? So, first of all, just the star studded cast again, it's just like they doubled down. Right. You know, to be able to get Sarah Michelle Geller, Joshua Jackson, you know, in, in the movie as well. Um, I can't remember when Skulls came out. Um, 2000. Oh, so it was just after so it was this? a couple okay, years gotcha. after that, yeah. But everybody knew who he was from Mighty Ducks, right? And of course, Sarah <laughs> Michelle Geller, you know, had had already been around. Had had I know what you did last summer come out yet? Uh, that so, yeah, that came out. Well, it was somewhere yeah, around 97. There. That came out about the same year. But she was already getting her own notoriety as well. So, yeah, she was already Buffy. So already Buffy. So it's crazy. Um, and then of course Jerry O'Connell and Timothy Oliphant. You know, I I didn't come to uh, know or appreciate him until much later uh, for yeah. other things that he had done. But um, but just just a whole lot of star-studded casting. Um, and I, I mean, I I loved I loved the movie. I, although the last act of Screen is my favorite and can't be topped by any other screen movie because of what it did for me at that when i first saw it 
Um, I will say I really like Scream 2 in its entirety, maybe even more than the first one, just because of the pace, the plot, all over the place, who's what. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's me. What about you? Uh, I So I do like the original better overall. Um, but, uh, you know, as we have both said, this is definitely a worthy follow-up. Um, and it is, they do ramp up the excitement, uh, being on a college campus. Um, you know, they, they bring in, um, you know, new characters who make sense to be there. It's not like, you know, here's, here's just this crew of, of individuals that we hope together will, will gel together somehow. Um, you know, uh, you know Jerry O'Connell as the new love interest for for uh, Sydney, uh, Derek. Yeah, Derek. Um, they uh, they brought in uh, Cotton Weary, uh, Leah Schreiber's character, which was uh, good. They did that. That yeah. was good. He yeah. he was he was barely a cameo in the first one, right? Um, but uh, but we knew his character was the the guy who was wrongfully convicted of uh, Maureen Prescott's murder. Right. Uh, you know, prior to the scream, uh, the events of scream. And, uh, and so now he's, he's out, he's been exonerated and, uh, he's, he's looking for his 15 minutes of fame. Right. Uh, you know, Gail Weathers is back to being who she is and was, um, right. right. And, uh, she's you know, written her book and it's been tur turned into a movie within a movie, uh, which is just, it's crazy too. Um, which that that to me was like when when the movie opened on that it's like this is something that i was not expecting at all right where, where we've got this you know we're we're watching a horror movie and they are watching the events of the movie that we just finished watching right right it's like how stab. are they how are they doing this yeah the stab franchise yeah. within the scream franchise right. is probably the ballsiest most ambitious i, I don't know, know. like i, I, I kind of want to see these movies I at this know. Point. well do you see what wasn't it heather graham who played yeah. heather you know. heather graham was uh was drew barrymore's character casey i love and... that sydney was played by tori spelling yeah. tori spelling makes the joke in the yeah. first one that yeah she probably her luck, he should be, you know, starred by Tori Spelling. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, they mentioned that David Schwimmer played uh, Dewey. Uh, we don't see that, but they mentioned no. it. And uh, what, who is it? It's um, uh, uh Wilson, Luke Wilson. Wilson. Uh, yeah, plays, plays yeah. Billy. Plays Billy. That so, was a that now that was a really funny scene. Yeah, there when they were replaying that, and at the end he goes, he goes. Oh, stupid. stupid. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like if if we were to get a version of Stab, it would be like a really bad B movie version of Scream. <laughs> Scream, I know. Right? Uh, and I think I would oh, love man. every second. Of oh it. yeah, for sure. No, no question. Yeah, no, it's uh, such such a such a good movie too. Um, the college campus aspect and it and it opening up in that uh, was a big deal. Um, this is again because you have from the get go, you have Jada Pinkett and you have Omar Epps, and they and that scene in the theater 
in public. And that whole thing was like, oh, that's a new level. Yeah. You know, for them both to die that way. Um, and then to go from there, and then you have Sarah Michelle Geller die, you know, and that whole scene where, you know, oh, just crazy. As I'll, be, I'll say this as a Buffy fan, uh, it was really hard for me to see her as the victim. <laughs> yeah, like after like, for going going from, from Buffy to I know what you did last summer and then to this. I'm like, what is happening here? You're What's supposed to on? like pull out a stake and take care of this guy. Yeah. Yeah. She she did not. She did not take care <laughs> of the guy. She got thrown off a balcony. Yeah. 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 The um and then uh, the aspects of like uh Dewey coming back in. I I didn't um I liked Gail's character more in this in the second one than I did the first one. Um and I liked um uh David Arquette's character less. Dewey's oh, really? character less. Um but uh but I still I still like the movie overall. Now the end of it that was that was interesting. Of course Timothy Oliphant being the the bad guy is great because he's just awesome and plays crazy in his eyes you know he's like oh yeah you know he does that whole thing the billy loomis mom thing was was okay you know but it wasn't as i think you're coming off of such an earth shattering you know reveal in the first one it's hard to top um so it wasn't as as um ooh, you know for me as as the other one was yeah and and that one like certainly didn't see that coming um, because obviously she's using a false name throughout the entire movie. Right. Right. And uh, didn't see it coming at all. And then, and then watching it back, um, you know, I was like, did she not have any scenes with, you know, where she's That's exactly what close I to Sydney? Because and, uh, cause Sydney recognizes her, you know, she right. sees her and like, yes, yeah, she's, she's had a makeover and she's changed her appearance, but she still recognizes her. So did, did they not have any scenes where they're close? Yeah, apparently chancy. they didn't. And, chancy, uh, though. and so it's like, wow, that is, yeah. With, with her being as close to everything going on as a reporter, uh, you'd think that she would have accidentally bumped into Sydney at right. some point. Right. Uh, but uh, she, you know, apparently the character was very careful about that. And She's very uh, careful. And it was, uh, I, I thought that was great where she comes in at the end and um, she, she, you know, just completely craps on Mickey's uh, whole reasoning behind it. The, you know, that it's about the trial. And he's like, she's like that whole trial thing. That's stupid. Like it, for me, my motive is just good old fashioned revenge. Right. And that uh, was like, a good line. that's great. I mean, you are still psychotic. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, that is that is a motive that makes sense. You're you're a mom whose kid was killed by this girl. And right. uh, I mean, you're I mean, how although you left, you, you left yeah. Billy and, yeah, and she, that's yeah. what turned him into a psycho. You know, he right. screwed well, him up royally. Probably, probably nudged him. Well, genetics, probably, too. Little little psycho. You know, but but that's what I drove think- him over the edge. I, I didn't I didn't see it coming. So I did I did see Timothy Oliphant. I remember thinking that he that it's probably him. I remember thinking it was Jerry O'Connell at one point. 
during watching it the first time. Mm -hmm. But that's the, what the movie does. It takes you all around. But I didn't expect her to be the mom or her to be involved at all. Um, so kudos for that. When I did learn it, and I was I was just like, oh, huh, well, that's good. You know what I mean? It wasn't like in the first one where it was like, what? Right. Well, of course. You yeah. know, and and uh it wasn't really a surprise to see Mickey pull off the mask. Um <laughs> no. but uh yeah, I, I'm with you. I I for for a while I thought that Derek was yeah. uh in on it at some point. Um because he you know it just seemed too suspicious and and you've we've already had the um the experience of not being able to trust the love interest yeah so so it's like it it just seems it seems like he would be a good uh pick as the as the other killer um of course then mickey shoots him in the chest and that's it um that's that so yeah Um, pretty so pretty. you know i think it ends ends well you know as far as it goes and then of course the he jumps out and shoots him and then the, and then she sitting takes the gun and shoots the mom she's like just in case yeah you know that's it they always come back for one last one <laughs> last uh scare and poor dewey i mean getting getting stabbed in the back in two different movies i mean come on man well uh that him him surviving that was was like really you know but um whatever you know whatever i mean good for him <laughs> much like we'll talk about S- scream six later oh you know there's God. yeah there where, where where a person gets stabbed it's funny how in these movies someone gets stabbed and they can just they have another chance just go home i got stabbed it was about yeah. four inches in but i'm okay you know i don't need those internal organs they're fine <laughs> no luckily it missed all the internal organs Four inches in, outside of internal organs, I'm fine. Good thing know. I had all that fat there. Um, <laughs> Just bounced so, off. <laughs> uh, scream three. Are we are we into scream three now? All right. So probably if there was one that was not my, I wouldn't say my least favorite because I like them all, but the one that I go very forgettable, it's it's three. Yeah. Um, it's not that I, I appreciated what, what they had done. I liked that there was only one killer to try to throw you off after you had kind of a uh, a progression. But overall, I was like, uh, you just now you're pushing the whole movie thing and the whole, you know, that whole genre thing a little bit more. You know, yeah. I thought it pushed the envelope. What about you? Um, well, let's get through this stuff, the, the details, Mm. um, you got, uh, it came out in February of 2000, Wes Craven, once again, directing as he should be, uh, but this time the writing duties are handed over to Aaron Kruger, uh, because Kevin Williamson was too busy, um, doing other projects. He wasn't able to devote time to fleshing out the entire screenplay, Uh, but Kruger's yeah, uh, I think so. I, I, I really do think it was that there's a lot that, to be said about the fact that Williamson did not write this script. Um, not that Aaron Kruger is a bad screenwriter. It's just it, it, had, it did not have Kevin Williamson's fingerprints on it. Um, right. Now, Kruger did base his script on the treatment that Williamson had originally written uh, when he sold the script for the first movie. But, um, you know, it just it, it, from, you know, like you were saying, I, I feel the same way. It kind of fell flat. Um, again, the previous film survivors return. You got Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and this time, Leave Schreiber uh, to round out the cast uh, that rounds out the trilogy. 
You get uh, Patrick Dempsey steps in, Scott Foley, Lance Henriksen, Jenny McCarthy, Emily Mortimer, Parker Posey, Patrick Warburton, and even Jay and Silent Bob show up. Um, Part three pulls in $161.8 million at the box office and has a rotten 41% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, That's what I would expect. Well well earned, uh, 41%, uh, if you ask me. Um, I was going to ask, is it is it the weakest of the franchise, or do we consider it underrated? Uh, I would say it's the weakest. There you go. I think, me too. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's any way around it, um, especially because as we talk about four, five, and six, um, I feel like you're redefining in those. And I feel like this third movie was kind of uh, trying to trying to clean up at, or not clean up, but trying to uh, mooch off of the other ones, you yeah. know, a bit more. Um, it reminded me of Ace Ventura when nature calls, you know, it's just like the same, it, it no longer was redefining. It was now just expected, you know, and that's hard. It, it, it's, it's hard to, to pull out surprises when you come through. It's almost like I think about, you remember when Sixth Sense came out and, um, and what a big deal that was and that big reveal in that movie at the end. And then you have all of his other movies after that. It's just like, oh, you just can't get back to that, can you? Yeah, you know, that that was that was the one, you know, you're, always, you're always waiting for that Shyamalan twist. Right. And so like this is the same way. Now, again, the sequel did amazing. But the third one, uh, you know, I, the only thing that I can think that could have been done different is if they had maybe made Sydney the bad guy or something like that. But that would have been the end of it. But I just I don't know what could have been done differently other than I just was at that point like, ah, another screen movie, you know. The uh, the thing I want to see done different, and and this is not something that they've done in any of the screen movies um, here to date. Uh, I would love for the killer to be someone who's just not connected at all. Like just not part of the friend group, not someone that you see the entire movie. It's just some random psychopath who puts on the ghost face costume. That would subvert expectations, would it not? It would. But, you know, that sounds like something Ryan Johnson would say, you know, just I'm OK with just, that. I'm not OK with that. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, sometimes the random the random aspect is is hard because y- you got the detective going along and maybe it depends on who's watching it. For me, I love it's like watching these the, the Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie, Christie uh, movies they have going on now. The murder on the Orient, or or even say the other the Knives Out that's going on. Yeah, you know, I love figuring it out. I'm I'm playing in my head. All right, who could it be? Who could it be? I'm and I'm playing it. And if I'm close at the end, I feel a sense of accomplishment, you know. And if I'm wrong at the end, I still feel awesome because I was like, you got me, you know. So it just being random makes it like it's just what's that movie that we were talking about where the the people get was it. Um, uh scott speedman and and who was that that we talked about where they're just getting assaulted oh the strangers the strangers right it's like that just like senseless killing and i i like the fact that you're trying to figure it out you know that's me yeah but the movie just you know i think um just played a little too much on itself and uh 
and it had it a hard did. time. The so. I thought that the um the the voice changing uh you know device that they use in this one had multiple voices and right uh I, I thought that was a little over the top because I mean it's one thing to have a, a voice warper that yeah. makes you sound like Ghostface. Uh, it's it's another thing entirely for what are we supposed to believe that you just somehow captured the voices of David Arquette and uh, who else is he? Uh, Sydney's mother. Right. Uh, the, you've got these voices just stored in this device and you can just use it willy nilly. Uh, no, um, right. that's that's over the top. You know, for for a movie that or a franchise that has, you know, for for the most part, uh, kept itself grounded in a certain bit of reality um you know because i mean cuz this isn't like other slasher movies where your your killer comes back uh time after time these are these are mortal people these are these right. are just regular human beings who at the end they get what's coming to them and that's it they're dead right well and the other part too is you really could have just omitted 3 and just had four as three, you know, years later down the line. And that would have just been fine, in my opinion, you know, just just had it not had to happen, that there had to be a third one. And then later on, it comes sometimes having two movies is just fine. You know, and sometimes having just one. <laughs> sometimes having fine. one is, is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um. So. All right. Well, we've said enough about that. That, that oh, movie's yes. a, a dumpster fire. <laughs> Uh, Scream 4, we thought we were done with the franchise. It wrapped things up nicely at the end of the trilogy. Well, nicely. Um, more than a decade later, Scream 4 hit cinemas in April of 2011. Uh, Wes Craven once again returns to direct, but this is the last time we see Wes Craven in the director's chair. Right. Um, Kevin Williamson comes back to pin the script, um, and he did treatments for sequels, again, that would make up a second trilogy depending on how well Scream 4 did in the box office. Right. Uh, you've got legacy characters played by Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. They are joined by a new generation of young actors, including Emma Roberts, Hayden Panettiere, and Rory Culkin. And you get a lot of new grown-ups in the movie, too. You've got Anthony Anderson, uh, Adam Brody, Mary McDonald, Marley Shelton, and Allison Brie. Uh, this is the lowest grossing installment and in earning only $97.2 million at the box office which says a lot for why there wasn't an immediate scream five and six. Um, right. And this one has a score of 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. So not too bad. Right. Um, initially, like I said, the thought was if this performed well, it would lead to another trilogy, but uh, it underperformed. And sadly, Wes Craven passed away in 2015. Uh, so that pretty much con con uh, sealed the fate on any kind of continuation of the franchise. Right. Um for the time uh so what what are your thoughts on scream four let me hear what you got because this was this came out of left field i remember when it came out i was like yeah because because there was no way to anticipate you know like like we like we said i mean the scream three was intended to be the end that was the the third part of the trilogy and that and that was done. done right well, I'm, I think we were starting to get into the revamp phase, you know, of things as, as you look at 2011 and you look at the 2010 to 2020 era, you know, of these extra movies that were made, 
you know, whether it's a Rocky movie like we talked about before, you know, or it's a um, Rambo movie or it's a Terminator movie. You know, um, there's there's so many things that were just getting revamped as an as an extra. And um, for me, you know, it had been so much time um, since the first one. I mean, I, at 2000, I graduated high school. And so now, you know, you look at 2011, now I'm an, an adult and I'm like, oh, yeah, love Scream. Happy to see it. Um, I never really saw it like they were going to revamp this series. I had no idea that they were thinking about doing another three. I just thought it was going to be, oh, great. You know, good to see Nev Campbell again after all these years. And, you know, here you go. And um, so when I saw it, I kind of, I, I walked in and I didn't see it in the theater. I waited until it came out on, on Netflix and I got the little Netflix things they got in the mail, you know I mean? And oh, I yeah. watched it. I watched it then. And, uh, and I, I enjoyed it. I I thought the ending was cool, and um, I think part of it too. When I when I learned that Emma Roberts was was uh, Eric Roberts' daughter and and <laughs> Julia Roberts' niece, I was like, oh well, there you go. You know, I just thought that was cool. Um, so you know, I, I enjoyed it. I I know it gets bad reviews, but I have to say, I, I liked it a lot more than three. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. so it's it's better than three. Um, I do like the uh, the the reveal at the end with uh, with Jill being the the mastermind behind all of this and her even her motive behind it. Um, you know, hating being in the family of uh, Sydney Prescott and um, you know having having to have that legacy ahead of her or behind her. And, and and wanting the spotlight for herself, um, which is just, it's crazy. And then uh, what's, what really, I don't know, gets me is, is the very end. Uh, so it's, it's brilliant the way that she has, has, ever, has, she's wrapped everything up. She thinks she's killed Sydney. She's right. killed everybody else. And now she is setting up the staging the scene so that she looks like she was a victim too yep. and and she's the sole survivor and uh it, it's really well done the way she does it and then she gets to the hospital and dewey makes the mistake of letting her know that sydney's still alive uh it's touch and go but uh it, it looks like she's gonna make it and i you know i was i was watching it and i'm like you know watching it again and i was like what what are you going to do? Like you're, you're going into Sydney's room in the ICU. You're just going to strangle her to death. And, and what's that going to look like? I mean, they're going to see that she was strangled to death. And, and what are you, what are you going to say? I mean, you're clearly doing this. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like what is, what is going through this person's head at this point? You, you wanted to be the hero that walked away from all of this. Um right. Apparently that was a that was a change uh, to the script that Kevin Williamson was not happy about. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Were they going to have Sydney die for real? No, they were going to have her survive, but the potential was she was going like so. If if they had made five the way that they intended uh, at that point, they were going to have Jill and um, Sydney survive, but oh. Sydney was going to potentially have some kind of memory loss. And so she would not have remembered that Jill confessed everything 
um, and Jill would have returned as uh, the killer or the the um, anti heroine. Right. And I think I think they would have done uh, a uh, a sort of like some kind of uh, thing where the next Ghostface killer was coming after her because they figured out that she was the actual killer um, from right. the previous movie. Right. Um, so, right. so that would have been an interesting twist, but you know, alas, that did not happen. Uh, and we got the movie that where, you know, Jill dies in the end. And um, of course, I wish fives. I wish Jill had not died at the end. Actually, I wish Jill had been caught and yeah. had just had just gone to jail and gone into a mental institution yeah I, I would have that's what i would have preferred to have happened um it was fine you know the way it ended out uh that's probably there's only two things about that movie that i was like meh you know but i just got, got over it uh one were, were the dynamics of Ghostface and just the size like of of like um when you're watching the the movements and you're just trying to the physicality of it mm. and you're just you're looking at it and you're saying gosh is that really plausible that that person could have done this you know mm. what i mean no, nothing against you know uh, what people can do but um it's just that some of that was just like you know and then the other part was that part about just how i was like you know this really could have been more like a uh screaming against the the plate glass you know while she's being you know in the psych ward you know yeah just just whatever but um yeah that's probably all i want, would say about the fourth one yeah that uh that physicality thing that that's going to come up for me in the next one um yeah yeah for sure but uh yeah i get what you're saying because because both of them emma roberts and rory culkin they're not big characters they're like like even he who you would think the guy would be stronger or whatever he's he's not a well-built no he's he's a skinny kid um and there's anything wrong with that yeah i mean they're both the same height yeah they're both Um, the same height so so for them to have been able to pull off the the acts that they did uh it seems a little far-fetched but right um you know you you get what you get and, right and you don't throw a fit uh <laughs> all right so scream 2022 uh it was a long road but scream the requel as they call it was released last year directed by matt bettinelli open and tyler gillette um two names i've never seen before scream um it was written by james vanderbilt and guy Busick, obviously based on characters created by kevin williamson uh, Scream 4 survivor, all survivors all come back, or at least the ones we assume uh, survived. Uh, uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Marley Shelton all uh, return. This time the torch is successfully uh, passed to a new generation represented by Melissa Barrera, Jack Quaid, Jenna Ortega, Mikey Madison, uh, Dylan Minette, Jasmine Savoy Brown, and Mason Gooding. This brings the numbers back up to, to on the box office side to $137 million, which is no small task in a post-COVID world. And it pulled in a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Thoughts on Scream 5? 
I liked Scream 5. Um, I didn't like it as much as I liked 1 and 2. Um, but I thought, you know, it's a worthy of a, cha- of, of a chance and opportunity. I appreciate the twists. I appreciate the brother and sister duo. Uh, that that was in the, in both five and six. Um, uh, the idea of Billy Loomis and L- Billy Loomis having a daughter uh, mm-hmm. was quite a quite a twist for me. Yeah. Um, did not even think remotely, but it was so helpful because that got you tied in and invested. And and it, it's hard to do right because if you're going to introduce these two characters, and of course Jenna Ortega is is at that point no one. You know, right. compared to who she is now. Whereas now she is Hollywood's it girl. Oh, she definitely is. Yeah, but um, you know, you come at this and uh, to get you invested in this this pair. Uh, I think they pulled it off well. You know, yeah. to be able to do that. So, yeah. um, um, Jack Quaid, same thing. I mean, I was just like with Emma Emma Roberts. I was like, he. He's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's son. I like him. All right. I'm going to watch this movie, you know. So um, the the aspect of him being the killer um, was awesome. Loved that. Loved it. And I thought he did it great. The aspect of the girl being the killer, I was like, ugh, you know, only only because it was just like she was so you know darkish i guess and anyway it was just like you know these two these two i don't know i don't know you know but i i rolled with it but i was so happy with him um that it was fine you know for me uh that the ending though was a bit much you know as far as survivability you know that was a bit much just saying there uh there was a lot going on there at the end and uh know, right? yeah the whole <laughs> the you're we've we've reached the point i think in the franchise where you just have to suspend your disbelief yeah um yeah, for sure because yeah i mean gail got shot in the gut and did not seek treatment for i mean however long it took for the the third act to wrap up she uh, Sydney got stabbed in the gut, and I mean that was no that was no like shallow cut. That was a knife went straight into her to the hilt, uh, and and there's yeah. no way that's not causing internal damage. But she's walking around like nothing's wrong. Do you, uh, do you know though? I I don't know about you. I could have done without them in the movie, to be honest. Other than Nev Campbell, maybe being in there for. For, for tying that in with um with uh Billy Loomis's family I, that that aspect but I I really think and and this is just me I really think Courtney Cox could have exited out and not been a part of it after four um then again of course the Dewey aspect you gotta gotta have her that was really hard that was a hard yeah. thing to see Dewey go yeah um you know the so I feel like at this point it was important for them to kill somebody off. It, it's yeah. almost almost like um, uh, uh, the Force Awakens kind of deal, where you've got the legacy characters who come back, right? And and Han Solo gets killed, right? Um, so I, I feel like that almost had to happen to somebody. It would have um, been good if they both died together, though. 
You know what I mean? That would have been uh, better, in my I opinion. Mean, it it made sense for it to be Dewey. Um, although knowing what we know about who the killers were, it did not make sense for Amber, the little girl who was behind the mask there in the hospital, the one who killed Dewey, to be able to put a knife in his gut and a knife in his back and pick him up using those knives. I'm sorry. I don't buy that for a second. That was a bit much. She she yeah. couldn't bench press the bar. Now, now had it had it been different where it had been, you know, Jack Quaid, it would have been sure. more believable. I'll I'll buy but, that. Yeah, but, but not yeah. not not yeah. that kid. No. Nah. No way. Yeah, so that was a little that was a little hard. Now, again, I, I talked about the brother and sister, and they were Randy's uh they were related to Randy, right? Right. Uh, Randy's niece and nephew. Niece, nephew. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And you know, it was one of those tie-ins that really had no bearing on anything except to just again i think just like the billy loomis thing that got you connected to this girl it also kind of got you a little oh yeah randy you know and it just kind of helped you to get invested a little bit in these in these characters um and i I really like them both i think it's great that uh mindy the niece is um you know, she she's kind of inherited Randy's love of movies. Right. And, yeah, she's uh, become that person. And so yeah, yeah. She's she's the one who who is is there to explain basically the rules of of these right. movies that we're right. we're in. Um, since we don't have Randy around to do that for us anymore. Right. Um, so that's that's a great uh callback to to his character. To his character, yeah. Um and uh and yeah, so Gosh, what a, where where before where? I forget, before I forget, yeah, I love ahead. her line in in this in the latest one six where she's like, Did I miss the monologue again? <laughs> that was that was good. That I was liked good. That. Um, so yeah, so we've got uh, a lot of a lot of death in in this new scream movie. Um, a lot of people don't make it. Of course, uh David Arquette's character, Dewey. Uh, finally bites it after being stabbed 90 million times throughout yeah. the franchise. By the way, my favorite of, of his performances in all the movies, this one was my favorite. Yeah. The, the he really, one. he really uh, did a lot of the heavy lifting, I think, as far as, uh, as far as the legacy characters go. He because really, you're right. We, Nev Campbell and uh, Courtney Cox. I'm, I'm not going to say the movie could have done without them. But you're right. The movie could have done without them. Um, I'm glad they were there because I want to see these legacy characters. I want to see what happens to them. Um, and you know, knowing how much of this story ties back to them in the beginning, yeah, um, you know, makes me makes me want to see either that uh, they become a victim or. Uh, what, wait, what's the line from uh, from Dark Knight? They either die the hero or live long enough to become the villain. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I wanted. I mean, I, just I know we haven't gotten into six yet. We'll talk about this in a minute. But I I legit thought from the beginning, oh, this is this is Sydney. <laughs> Sydney's now going after that. This movie is going to be about Sydney going after all these crazy people that are trying to become Ghostface, and she's like and this movie is going to be about that 
And of course, it was not at all that because they did not give Nev Campbell enough money. No, no. Oh, and we <laughs> yeah. will definitely talk about that. Um, so wrapping up last year's Scream, before we get into the, the spoilers of Scream 6, uh, any other thoughts? Um, did not like Jenna Ortega in that movie at all. In, in the last one? Yeah, in the last one. And this one, the new one, liked her character a lot. <laughs> but of course, now I like her because of Wednesday. You know? <laughs> I mean, she's basically a pincushion in the first one. Yeah. Or in, in the, the previous one, yeah. Um, but poor um, thing. I mean, my, who, my gosh. who survives? Just, I mean, there's you would not expect her to, to survive kid, as the first kid. girl, right? I know. And so I should clarify when I say I didn't like her character. I, I It's not that I didn't like her performance or anything like that. I just mean like I was like, geez, you know, and plus she's so small. Yeah. You know, she's so she's just a, a, ki- a small kid, you know, and it's just like you're like, what the heck, you know? She can't have that much blood to begin with. And so she should have bled out. Uh, she was stabbed how many times and through the hand. Oh, um, my gosh. Which, yeah. uh, you know, w- when we get into six, the, there, there's a scene where you clearly see her hand and the scar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where the I, I saw through. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, I had good to, touch. I had to remind myself. I was like, oh, good, good continuity there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, last thing about it too, is um, if I was to rank the killers, like rank my favorite of all of them, it would of course be, um, you know, Stu and um, and uh, Billy, Billy, uh, as number one for me. Uh, but but number two would be um, would we be Jack Quaid? Now he was my my favorite you know outside of those i just because i liked his the way he delivered himself at the end oh richie um so so amber the the other killer in the last movie she um the the girl who plays her mikey madison i assume i'm saying that right um she was also in um once upon a time in hollywood have you seen that one the tarantino movie yeah uh, yeah. She she played one of the right. um, one of Manson's one of Manson's girls. killers. Right, shows up at uh, DiCaprio's house, and right. he sets her on fire. That's how she dies. Yeah. And then yeah. she gets yeah. set on fire in this one too. I think <laughs> I, is there going to be a movie that she's in where she is not somehow combustible? She's like that's I get typecasted for that. That's who yeah. I'm known for. I yeah. am a crispy critter in everything I play. <laughs> I'm good right, at it. Talk- Let's talk about six. All right. Uh, so this is the point where if you have not seen Scream 6, uh, go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. If not, hey, it's been good having you here. Um, come back next week. We'll, we'll have another conversation about something else. But this is, this is where the spoilers kick in. Well, before so- we get to the spoilers, let's just say real quick, we think it's something somebody should watch in the movie or if it's something that they should just wait and rent or stream. You know, so what's your opinion? Should should you spend the the nine to twelve bucks, or do you, or do you if, wait? If you are a horror fan, if you are a, and especially if you are a fan of the Scream franchise, I would definitely suggest spend the money, see it in the theater. It's worth seeing on the big screen. If it's Me just too. one of those passing things that you know you you like uh, a Scream movie every now and then, but it's not like oh, I have to see this now. I mean, it's not that important. Go, you can just wait till it hits streaming. It's a Paramount movie, so it'll probably be on Paramount Plus in two months. 
but you can expect that there will be another one. I think, I mean, I think there will absolutely be a third one. And so this is, if you're going to watch five, you watch six, there's going to be a seven. So you might as well watch six. Absolutely. Um, all yeah. right. So spoilers, spoilers are on now. Uh, we round things out with the latest installment, uh, which sees the return of directors open and Gillette, as well as the same writers, Vanderbilt and Busick. Uh, once again, we see the film's latest survivors returning, minus Nev Campbell. We'll get to that. Uh, we do get Melissa Barrera as um, 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 what was her character's name? She's the main character. Why the, old, the older name? sister? Wow. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Billy Loomis's uh, illegitimate daughter. Uh, Jenna Ortega comes back. Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding come back as the twins who are Randy's uh, niece and nephew. And Love Courtney Cox character. is back for one more round. And this time they're joined by Dermot Mulroney, Mulroney, uh, Leanna Liberato, Jack Champion, Devin Nakoda, Tony Revolori, uh, who you may know from the Spider-Man trilogy and uh, and the Willow series recently, uh, hmm. Josh Segara and Samara Weaving. Uh, and who knew that Peyton, Peyton Panettiere's character survived Scream 4? Uh, I did not see that coming until, you know, the trailers started hitting and her presence was obvious <laughs> the opening weekend box office take is uh roughly 67 million dollars worldwide and the rotten tomatoes has it at 75 percent at the moment uh thoughts on Ghostface takes manhattan so fun takes manhattan you know you got this you know you think about jason takes manhattan right right which you which know? really only took place in new york for about 10 minutes in the whole movie <laughs> I know, I know. But what a, on a boat. <laughs> what a good death scene. That was wow. a good death scene. Very disturbing. <laughs> Very disturbing, but good. Um, so again, I just want to emphasize, if I said that Gail should did not need to be in the fifth one, what I really mean, I'm going to double down on that and say she absolutely did not need to be in the sixth one. Really could have done without Courtney Cox in this movie. But to be fair... At least this time they came to her. Yes, because uh, she lived I thought in New she York. Came, I okay. Well, I, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came in, to her in the last in New York, one, right? But she came over once she heard that they were in trouble. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So at so least too, this time they're in her town. So too, while I like Hayden Pinatieri uh, from Heroes, I have not seen Nashville, but I hear it's great. Um, mm -hmm. Like didn't need her to be in the movie either for that matter so like there were there's a couple of things here that were just kind of added in and i i don't feel like hayden penitary's role in four was important enough to me to warrant it being a big deal for her to be in this movie um that being said uh without going into us talking about the, the killers at the end real quick uh just those were my only critiques of the movie up to the end um so i came into it and i loved how they started off i loved 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 how you have this scene with this girl who this actress who plays the professor she's in this she's been in a few movies recently and i i love her acting yeah that's she, samara weaving she is uh you know she's um um crap yeah, she was in this movie where she gets invited or she gets engaged or something. Ready to or this not. Guy. Was it? Yeah, ready or not. 
Loved that movie. Yeah, it Saw really it on good. a plane. Loved that, really that movie. Good. She and was also in uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yes, she was. She played one of the daughter, one of the daughters. Um, I, I love her acting, but for him to for for that whole scene and how she gets lured into the alley, and for him to take off his the mask right from the get go, I was like, boom! That was great. Yeah. I thought that was so groundbreaking, different than yeah. than ever before. And I was like, this is going to be a great movie. Yeah, I, I, I was. OK, so so I was the same way. Um, Side note, uh, Samara Weaving is uh, I can't remember if he, she is Hugo Weaving's daughter or his niece, but they are related. Yes. See, again, <clears throat> I just another one, you know. Awesome. Um, yeah. So so when Ghostface lures her into the alley, kills her brutally. And then he just kneels down and takes off the mask. I'm like, what? What? This is not allowed. This is this is is completely different from every other Scream movie we've ever seen. They're revealing the killer. Are we going to know the the start? (laughs) And I'm like, wait a second. This isn't going to be the real killer. Like as soon as as soon as like we're we're following this guy, and I'm like, yeah, nope. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And then, and then as soon as he got the phone call, I was like, "Uh uh-huh. That's what I thought. That's That's, yeah. Here's, here's the real killer. So when that happened that you're using his thing. And so, yeah. So, so when that happened, I said, I'm sitting and he gets the phone call. I'm saying that's Sydney. I didn't know Nev Campbell wasn't in the movie. So I, I didn't until after the movie, because after the, I thought she, I literally thought she was in the movie. So as we get farther along the movie and I get towards the end, I'm like, is she just going to do like a cameo at the end? And then she wasn't at all. And I was like, what? Where's Sydney? And then, and then I looked it up and I saw why she wasn't in it. Um, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I've I've got her uh, like a quote that she, I don't know if she put it on social media. Yeah, uh, but it says, it. it says, as a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. It's been a very difficult decision to move on to all my Scream fans. I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and to what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Um, I can't say I disagree with her. I, I think yeah. that uh, it, good for her for knowing what she's worth yeah um and for fighting for what she's worth and 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 to say that like to say that she isn't worth what you know they should have paid her to be in this movie um i mean she's she's been the definitive screen queen for the past 25 years right i mean she she's the ultimate final girl and uh we have to be careful too because like these days you have a camp of people who will be so quick to be like, you're rich anyway. You don't need nothing. You know what I mean? You should have just been in it. And then you have people on the other side. It's like, you go, girl. Men are paid, you know, way more. And that's true, you know, yeah. and appropriately oh, so. But the truth is nobody really knows. And so Nev Candle- Campbell could be like being taken advantage of by Warner, Warner Brothers, which is, is it Warner Brothers, right? Paramount. Paramount, yeah. Or... She could not. We don't know. But I think the idea is, regardless of whether or not, whether or not where, wherever it lands, she's a person who says, I think I'm worth this and I choose not to be 
in something that doesn't meet my standards, like you're saying. And that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's her goal to be able to do that. And she even said, as I read on that, that she would entertain being in any future installments should they come back to it with the right price. Right. So, you know, um, I, so, so we're at the beginning and, you know, this guy, uh, what's his name again? Cause from, from Spider-Man and Willow, the actor, oh, Tony Revolari. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked it. So she get he gets the call and I'm like, that's Sydney. Cause again, I didn't know she went in the movie. So that's Sydney totally. And then when he gets to the fridge and it's got the body parts oh of his, of his roommate, I'm like, Oh, I hope that's not Sydney. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. that seems like a stretch that she would just mutilate, you know, body parts. And then See, of course it was not. And I I don't I don't buy that that Sydney could turn evil like that. I just I just don't see it. I don't see her her snapping and going off and suddenly becoming a serial killer. Not well, I I the <clears throat> idea of her becoming after everything she's gone through, everything she's seen. The idea of her becoming a vigilante, not a serial killer, but a vigilante per se, where she is going after people that as all of these, you see these little camps of people becoming just whatever. That's what I was thinking. Mm. Um, and I could have bought that. I could have bought the vigilante, um, but it didn't turn out to be that way. And then from then on, once I realized this can't be Sydney, then I was co- totally in the dark. I, I, I was back to playing my, my games, my detective work. To try to figure out who it was um well can i i tell you again we we're well into spoiler territory at this point um i suspected dermot mulroney from the time i saw him in the trailer i was like oh he's got to be the killer that's he, that, he's he's definitely the bad guy so so here's where we go with my last critique about it although i've seen many many uh dermot mulroney Act, act acting performances this would have to be his worst i've never <laughs> seen him work uh, act worse in a movie than this movie he was i thought he did fine <laughs> before the reveal <laughs> i thought Let's... he did horrible <laughs> before the reveal really i think he, he was <laughs> he was fine as a detective but Ugh. then uh when when he reveal you know when when you get the big reveal at the end that the killers are him and his secret Children. son and daughter. Well, his daughter wasn't a secret, but uh, Ethan, we didn't know that yeah. that was his son. Um, <clears throat> when uh, when that's revealed, his attitude is so over-the-top crazy. Uh, that's when I lost it with him. I was like, no, this is... <laughs> I know. Come on, man. Oh, note you it, know. Note it down. Note it down. I was fine about the daughter. You know, the daughter being crazy, that was fine. Um, the the son as well, I was like, all right, all right, I can I can ingest that, I can take that in. There's a few moments where he showed concern and he was where where he didn't need to show concern. He was not in a place where he he needed to pretend, I didn't think. Um, for example, on, on the train, on the subway. You know, if his sister is killing, why did he have to go and protect that? Why why did he have to do that that aspect? See, to me, that was unnecessary and unnecess- That was just almost like intentionally meant to throw off an audience 
when this movie isn't supposed to be i mean that, that that's going a little too far with the fourth wall to me um well think about it this way though at that point he's still uh trying to uh like yes um mindy had been stabbed right stabbed in the gut by obviously the sister and and he's still he's still in the train with her without the the costume and and he what if she survives right so so he's he's still playing that part for her i mean yes it's for the obviously yes it's for the audience's uh benefit to to keep us thinking that he has nothing to do with it but at that point we've seen dozens of people survive getting stabbed in the gut dozens of times and and uh, I, this I is the scream franchise Come i know on. she I, herself I know. has been stabbed how but many we're, times we're right at the end of the movie had this been something earlier that happened you know where you had more time to to kind of handle that character maybe but we're right we're right there at the end you know and it's just like eh, you know that's just me i just thought it was like an un, unnecessary um, the kids, though, as far as them being that, were it was fine. Um, but Dermot Mulroney, his his character, and having three three killers was cool. That yeah. was cool. That, that was, was a, that was a new thing, yeah, right? That is new uh, to you, the you, to the series. You've you've never had three killers before, and this um, is the sequel, just like and or the requel, you know. But it's it's the second one, and just like in the second one of the f- Scream franchise, it's family related, right? Right. And so yeah. it turns out that this is Richie's father and exactly. brother and sister, and and so they made mention earlier um, when when we thought that uh, Quinn, the daughter, was dead. Uh, you know he he comes down. You know he announces he's off the case. He's in tears, and uh, and he says he's lost another child. I remember when he said that, I was thinking, when when they haven't mentioned that he's lost a first child. Right. So so who's oh his family? He said, now I've now I've lost my my entire family. Yeah. So I was the same way. I was like, who else lose your wife and your your son? Yeah. Yeah. So uh so yeah, that's that was sort of a a red flag, but not really. Like it's it's one of those things like when you go back and watch it again, it's going to be one of those things. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, totally pick that up now. Right. Um, but uh, I did think it was really neat there. You know, you're, you're getting to the end of it. And, uh, and we see two ghost face killers on screen at the same time. I mean, yeah, yes, was- we've seen both killers on screen before, but, but not I both mean, in like, the costume. Not, yeah. Not both in costume. And so I was like, Oh, they're, they're killing Chad. They are. Oh, he is gutted. Oh, I thought he was dead for sure. There's no yeah, way. I, I know. Yeah, there's no way. Um, did you think it was odd just Jenna Ortega and him getting together after thought, watching the first movie? I thought it was cute. I mean, they're they've been friends for a long time, and I had trouble bridging was, the age gap. They're the same age. Well, see, that's what I'm saying is that I had trouble bridging the age gap because in my because she and is so small, right? And and, and all that. Like she doesn't look old enough to be in college, <laughs> even though in real life she is twenty. She, totally, totally, no, no, um, totally. But, but I, yeah, I was like, yeah, they're, oh, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they're they're the same age. Like they they it's one of those things where they grew up together, and so right. Um, I don't know. I I thought it was cute because they've been friends for so long, and right. And obviously, he's looking out for her when they're at that party, right. and there's that was cool. That was a good. There scene. is something of a romantic spark between them. Sure. And so, Sure. Um, no, and he did both. He did a great job with his acting. I thought he he did fantastic, and his sister. Um, the uh, as far as like the uh, um, the whole shrine and that whole thing that was made, I thought that was cool because it wasn't Dermot Mulroney's. It wasn't theirs. It was you know Jack Quaid's. Yeah, it was his. Yeah, was and Richie's. they were honoring Richie's you know thing there. I thought that was cool you know how they did that yeah and that oh my gosh that i mean like it was like a whole museum uh, oh my gosh that was cool the to franchise it was that was really neat um and all the masks yeah. what did you think about the the uh the heroine um kind of being in the the billy psyche you know seeing skeet ulrich you know what did um, you think about all that stuff i'm glad like they did or not I, i'm okay with it because you know i know that uh, mental illness is hereditary and so for her to have hallucinations of her father um, would not be far-fetched if she has inherited uh, at least some of his psychosis. Uh, obviously right. she has because she, even in the first movie, uh, mentions she, she's on antipsychotics. Right. Um, so I think that uh, I'm okay with her having those types of hallucinations. Right. Um, right. Now, should she be having those hallucinations if she is taking her medication? Probably not, but I mean, for the purposes of storytelling and the movie, I get it. Um, she was too busy running around; she forgot to take it. Could be, very well, could be. Just um, like all the characters never go to the bathroom or eat a sandwich or anything. You know, right. she forgot to take her medication. Yeah, yeah, and and those things you can't just not take cold turkey. You yeah. got to wean yourself off. So let me ask you this: the boyfriend, um, who that actor, I thought he did a great job. I I knew him from the arrow series that's um, where i recognize him from he's yeah, uh, prometheus, yeah he's from, isn't he what what prometheus oh uh, yeah yeah or i don't know what his the bad guy's name was but he was um he was that major major bad guy um uh towards the later and later yeah, he was later he seasons. was the big bad one season yeah. he was a great bad guy i liked him a lot uh that's why i recognize him i, th- I thought he looked familiar but he's he because he has played villain role you know, I immediately I was like, "Ooh, you're setting him up. Surely it can't be him. That would be too." Um, but and I liked his role, especially because if you remember from the second one, when Sydney is telling um, Jerry Jerry O'Connell, "You know, I need you to have space for me. I need space." Um, you know, Jerry O'Connell is not really there. You know that he can. I mean, he he still makes himself involved because it's not as severe, I guess, in their minds. But um, this character, he's he looks at her and she's like, you can't come. And and he's like, OK, take care of yourself. And I, I just love the way that he was with her and that whole thing. I, yeah. I thought his character was cool. Oh, yeah. And I loved earlier in the movie. He like the he he specifically tells her, don't trust anyone, not even right. me. Right. And and like, that's that's great. That's how she. He, Right. He it's like he needed to remind her and she needed that reminder that in these situations where, you know, you've got this this killer who is very likely somebody in your friend group, somebody, you know, 
you know, you can't trust anybody and you right. shouldn't trust anybody. Right. Um, so I think that, uh, wow. Um, yeah, I really liked his character. I liked the, the dynamic. They, I thought they had really good chemistry together too. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, I thought he did great. And, and for him to be the one who called the police. Right. <laughs> to be there and at the end. All in. Uh, well, it was great. Did you think that the whole, so I thought that the whole kill box thing was kind of stupid. Like in the theater, there's only one entrance, you know what I mean? And then right. Hayden Penitary has set that up. And of course she's worked with the cop or Dermot Dur- Dur- Rooney on it, but obviously everybody got in somehow, some way. They and, were already there. Oh, they were already inside. Well, what, what about the sun though? The sun was oh, that's on the, right. No, he wasn't. So there was some other entrance that they had come in with, I guess. That yeah, but it had to be. Some and of that stuff because, was just a little bit like, you know. Well, that that whole thing was uh, obviously Dermot Mulroney's character just lying. I just mean, yeah, no, that right, right, right. I mean, clearly, clearly, he's lying about Kirby being disgraced from the FBI right, or whatever. That's, and, yeah, right, uh, right. So, so at this point, he's just he's throwing all the lies out there and <laughs> expecting them to. And obviously, they believe him. They believe you, him over uh, right her, her right because she's she's an outsider. Did you think it was funny though at the end, the very end, when she she shoots? you know the she the the main character the late she they're up on the balcony right mm-hmm. and she shoots and kills the um the daughter right yeah quinn and and then and then Dermot mulrooney's got the gun and they are i don't know and he just runs at her over 10 feet apart i don't know how far they are maybe 15 feet apart and he just right he's got a gun he doesn't yeah. shoot at Dude, her shoot her yeah, what, are, was, what are you doing, man? Now they murdered each other. Stupid. That was pretty stupid. Hey, come on, man. I know, I know you just watched your daughter get shot in the face, but I mean, seriously, you are a trained cop. You're a detective. That means you've been on the job for a long time. You should still know how to handle a gun when you are in you know, you know. Uh, a heated situation. That uh, was stupid. I thought to myself, had, if, they, if they had been closer, you know, then it would it would have been better but um the whole part about uh jenna ortega and and i thought she did a great job uh dropping her and then she falls and then uses the knife i think that was that was cool of course he stabs her in the gut and i'm like oh no <laughs> oh wait no she she's everyone gets stabbed in the gut they're, they're fine the gut she, well now nothing. we know she's wednesday adams and the adams survive anything oh gosh you know so <clears throat> um but i you know i thought um Wow. Okay, so Gail is gonna die. Uh, yeah. So finally, so here we are. Gail, she's out. Finally. And then it's like she's gonna pull through. She's gonna pull through. So, <laughs> like, so oh my god, telling me there's a chance. <laughs> and then, but I, I am glad the sister pulled through though, because because I I really liked her and I'd like yeah. to see her again. And I, so. I'm glad Chad pulled through too. You know, as as unbelievable yeah. as it is. Yeah, me too. I mean, seriously, they had to have stabbed him a dozen times in that. Here's the thing, though. Randy wasn't so lucky. Randy gets pulled into the van and right. he out. You he know? gone. He gone. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this. So anticipation for Scream 7, which let's assume that's coming out in a year and a half to two years. Um. 
I mean, what do you do from here? How do you round this out? The cult of Ghostface. You think it'll be like a whole lot? A whole lot. I would I would love the court of owls. Did you ever did you ever see the show with Kevin Bacon the following? Uh you ever watched that back in the early mid two thousands? Uh, I think so. Maybe Kevin Williamson wrote it. It was a Kevin Williamson show. Okay. It was so the first season was spectacular. Second season, not so much. Okay. Um, but it was about uh, so Kevin or um, yeah, Kevin Bacon's character was an I think he was an FBI agent, and uh, think think Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter. Yep. All right. So he had he had captured a serial killer. And he and the serial killer is behind bars. He was played by, um, oh shoot, what's the actor's name? British actor. Uh, he was he was the prince uh, in um, in the Knight's Tale, Prince Edward. I cannot I cannot think of his the actor's name. But anyway, uh, he's serial killer serial killer, and uh, there is a cult of people on the outside who believe in what he was doing and and they basically worship him as like some kind of cult leader and there is a plan to not only continue his work in killing but also to bust him out of prison and and have him lead their little commune um uh so i would I think it would be neat to see something like that um, where you, you know, uh, I mean, obviously Kevin Williamson has stepped away from the franchise and he's not writing them anymore, but, but it would be cool to see something like that where you've got, you're, you're almost like you're paying homage to another story that he told. Um, and you've got this cult of, of ghost face killers. I wouldn't be surprised in across the nation. Maybe I think, I, I don't think that's a bad idea because the um, you think about what the how they started this this latest installment, and um, you know these guys get this idea, you know, for their film, you know, their film class that they're they're going to do this. We're going to finish Richie's movie. Yeah, I think it's very very plausible. Um, I just don't. I I wonder like, you know how you how you shut it down, how you how you engage that and shut it down. Well. You know? The, the question, you know, then becomes, are we looking for a way to wrap up the franchise as like Halloween did this year, or are we looking for just another sequel? Yeah, because I think what, what you're facing here is to destroy an idea is, is the harder part. You know, Michael Myers, you know, I mean, yeah, you can decapitate and you can, um, you can set on fire. But you put that guy in a in a in a meat a, grinder, a grinder, a grinder. Yeah. That's that'll do it. That's he's done. That's he's it. Not, you don't come back from that. You don't come back. Yeah. So, but this is an idea, and so it's almost like, you know, it's the question that we face online with social media, the idea of of, you know, some of the hateful things that go on online, social media, and ideas and and having, you know, moral responsibility with what you engage in. Because, I, you know, you think about like Scream 2, for example. Scream 2 
stab is in the theater and you see this filled up theater with ghost face the studios provided everybody's like pretending to stab everybody so when jada pinkett smith gets killed she it's just like everybody just thinks it's part of the thing it's just the sadistic humor and that permeates that culture and can permeate our culture right mm -hmm. being desensitized so you 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 got to wonder if this third installment if they did something like that would be almost even a comment on what you indulge in you know yeah i don't know it's very thought provoking what what those sort of things well i mean for sure it'll be like and that's something you say about each of the scream movies is that they they are a very well thought out commentary of um you know not just horror in general but pop culture or and, and like yeah. culture around us um right. you know the state of of things and the state of being and and definitely make a comment on it i you know that's what i think that's why i would say that this is this is my favorite franchise when it comes to horror because it it is it's it's they're thinkers you know these yeah. they're they're very well thought out i mean some better than others obviously um but uh but they're they're well thought out stories and and the you know, and in, in so many of them, the dialogue is just so tight, tightly yeah, written. It, it is very well that, written. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you get a lot of comments on on what society is and isn't. Well, um, right. And you get three camps of people, really. You get people who make light of things and who just indulge in just lighthearted making fun of people being killed. You know, and just having a, a, a detachment from the reality and severity of what's happened. You get that shown in every single movie. There's always not just a few characters, but a lot of people who are oh, yeah. just absolutely horrific. Well, think uh, about how many of these movies comics. end in parties. Right. Yeah. Parties. Yeah. During all this stuff happened. And then you've got, of course, you've got some character who is the warped character who ends up being the killer who has distorted reality and is a sociopath and, and has this crazy motive. And then you have a very, very few characters in the movie who actually have a moral compass. You have the main character who's trying to figure out their thought process, their world. And then you have these characters who are a bit of a moral compass for them to help them guide along the way. But it's always <clears throat> those three, always in this, in this movie, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I love that. I, I, I think it's I think it's pretty awesome. Not to make it like it's some deep movie, but there are deep elements but in comedy society. Yeah. It's art, you know. Um, all right. Any final thoughts before we move into trivia time? Let's go to trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Okay. Kevin Williamson, while also known for creating Dawson's Creek, has also written several other horror movies. Which of these movies starts Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Geller based on a book by Lois Duncan? Is it I Know What You Did Last Summer? It sure is. Way different oh. from the book. The book was like... Oh, really? So different, yeah. Oh, I didn't um, know there was a book. Really? Yeah. Uh, in, in high school, I went through a phase of... Because of I read I Know What You Did Last Summer after seeing the movie. And yeah. uh, and I, I read several of Lois Duncan's books. They're they're actually pretty good. If, oh, if that's cool. Like some yeah. young adult type high schoolish. Well, that, that genre at the time. All right. Um... What actress and script doctor had a cameo as Bianca Burnett in Scream 3? Uh, actress and film director? Script doctor. 
Oh, script doctor. Uh, she was often brought in to punch up some dialogue in scripts throughout the 90s. Kathleen Kennedy. Um, not an actress. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Oh, right, right. Carrie Fisher. That's right. I was just throwing out a name. Ah, Sorry. <laughs> good, good attempt. Uh, way you. off base. Yeah. Well, All right. Ghostface was originally named by what character? Uh, Who first coined the the word Ghostface in naming the killer? Was it Randy? It was not. But it was from the first movie. I'll give you one more guess. Was it... Uh... Uh, Tatum? It was Tatum. Tatum. Please, yeah. Mr. Ghostface, don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When she's in the garage. Yeah. All right. Dewey is just a nickname. What is Deputy Riley's real name? Dwight? It is Dwight. Yeah. All right. And final question. We've already talked about this. Will there be a Scream 7? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> unquestionably just the question <laughs> is uh when will scream seven come out i mean it's uh, yeah 18 came months in this one out pretty quick the the last but this one was, was affected by covid right the, uh, the first the last one was one. affected by covid the last one and so yeah. I, i'm i think that might have delayed it i mean typically you're looking at two years mm -hmm. I, I would i would think it's going to be 2025 well i mean you had one year between scream one and two you had one year between this one and the last one it's a matter so, of if they have if they even start production so right. just if they've if they've got an, a story in mind and, yeah. and are already working on a script then i'm sure it's just a matter of you know when does it get greenlit yeah you got to know this direct this duo director <laughs> and, and writer you know they're they're all this it's already been planned out so I'm I, sure. I'm I, I would hope so it's either it's either late 2024 or it's early 2025 i'll bet yeah. you anything and I hope the studio, you know, if if you've got a good part for Sydney and it makes sense to bring her back, pay her what she's worth, guys. Come pay her on. what she's worth. You've got the money. The movie's going to make the money back. You know it is. Just shut up and, and write the check. At the um, same time, if you want to be done with Courtney Cox, although I like Courtney Cox, here's an avid fan that says, it's time to be done with Courtney Cox. <laughs> Man. You just, you just don't like. Not a hater. Here, I like you. Monica. I like Monica. Sure, just... sure. It's just Gail Weathers. I don't like. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is it for our Scream franchise discussion. Uh, coming up next week. Uh, what are we doing next week? Oh, Shazam! A Fury of the Gods oh, is coming out right, uh, right. next week. Uh, so that will be our uh, discussion next week, and we'll touch a little bit on um, what what the heck is happening with the DC universe uh, overall as far as these these movies go. So be sure to come back for that. Um, also, uh, we're going to analyze how Zachary Levi can have that much makeup and age still yeah, in this he's, movie. He's he's older than me, isn't he? He is very apparently older in this movie than he was in the first one hmm. the man has showing his age 
And so, yeah. I mean, he's no Harrison Ford, right? Just, yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you so much for watching, for listening. Uh, If you have enjoyed what you've, uh, you know, experienced here, share it with uh with people you know maybe they'll like it too um of course you can find us on spotify on apple i you know apple podcasts or whatever uh youtube all the things um give us a like give us a subscribe um if you want to leave a a message uh in the comments we will be happy to read your comments you know as long as they're appropriate right here on the show and give you a shout out because i mean you didn't like a shout out right them all right uh that is it landon anything else you want to add before we take off thanks for taking the time to listen take care everybody have a great week all right have a great whatever it is wherever you are bye-bye